This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington, and it's in both parties. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie. And helping Christians stay informed about government. Now, of course, this puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. Be sure to visit AFR.net or wherever you get your podcast to hear past episodes. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. Welcome to Exposing Washington on the American Family Radio Network. Glad to have you with us today. I'm your host, Walker Wildman, and as I mentioned, this is the American Family Radio Network. You can always visit our website, AFR.net, 24-7, 365 days a year. You can visit our website, AFR.net. When you go there, you got a couple of different options. You can listen live to American Family Radio. You can also listen to past shows called podcasts. You can go and listen to past shows. We keep uh, roughly a 30-day archive minimum of uh, each show, so you can go there, AFR.net, listen to the show. You can also get the podcast on various uh, devices and platforms, pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts. Just type in the name of the show, Exposing Washington. Type in the name of the show, and you'll find it there. You can download it. Listen at your own convenience. A great way to keep up with exposing Washington there on the Internet. So various ways to do that. Speaking of the Internet, if you go to our website now, AFR.net, you'll see uh, the preborn campaign. And many of you have heard us talking about this, you know, the past few years. But for those who haven't heard or don't know what I'm talking about, we do a campaign once a year, each January, with preborn ministries and our preborn ministry and what preborn does uh, headed up by dan steiner president of preborn but what what the goal and the mission and the purpose of preborn is to provide free ultrasounds to women who are pregnant and one of the one of the large or the key drivers here is ultimately to change uh, the heart and the mind of women who maybe are abortion-minded, who are thinking about um, having an abortion, this uh, the, the ultrasounds are a great tool to change their, the, the mind of the mother. And so that's what we're doing here this week is we're raising funds to provide free ultrasounds to women in need. And basically, the price breakdown or your uh, return on investment, if you will, is you if you donate $28, that will provide one free ultrasound for uh, a, a lady and their, her baby. If you provide, for example, $140, well, that'll be five free ultrasounds, and then the math goes on and on and on. Basically, keep it simple, $28 provides one free ultrasound. And then you keep multiplying that, and you can donate as much as you want to provide as many ultrasounds as you want. $140 provides five free ultrasounds. So this is a, I think uh, Dan Steiner described it as the 
the uh, enemy or the competitor to Planned Parenthood, and that's exactly right. Look, Preborn is providing these ultrasounds and providing the machinery to for 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 women who are maybe having a uh, uh, unexpected pregnancy. It allows that mother to see her child, her beautiful child, in the womb, and uh, and hear the heartbeat and uh, all the great things that go along with pregnancy. So here we are being proactive, and that's what I love about American Family Radio is we're not just criticizing, but we're offering up alternatives, uh, whether it be our news service, onenewsnow.com. We're not just criticizing the mainstream media and the Democrats and the left-wing media and their propaganda, but we're offering up an alternative with our news service, the same thing when it comes to the life movement. Uh, that is, we're offering up ultrasounds to women in need. And we're countering what uh, the, the, the death that Planned Parenthood is helping to facilitate. AFR.net, if you want to find out more about the Preborn campaign, great ministry called Preborn. AFR is partnering with them this week to provide free ultrasounds. Shifting gears, moving into news out of Washington, D.C., I want to talk for a few minutes about the impeachment Oh, the impeachment trial. And if you're like me, you're you're pretty much tired of talking about it. And the reason you're probably tired of hearing about it and talking about it is because there's just not really that much there. I mean, you have the Democrats, they hate President Trump, and they want to remove him from office. It doesn't matter whether they have legitimate reasons to remove him from office. They just don't like him. So what do they do? They make up stuff, just like they did with the Russia hoax. They make up reasons to impeach him, and then they do it. That's what they've done here. Obstruction of Congress and abuse of power are the two charges. And we all know the facts prove that President Trump did neither of those. He committed neither of those offenses. Not to mention, those um, those aren't even, there is really no such thing when it comes to the law. There's no such thing in the federal code that, that says abuse of power or obstruction of Congress. That there is no such crime. Now there's other crimes, uh, more detailed that would, you know, just describe that behavior indirectly. But as far as those two crimes, those two articles, that is non-existent when it comes to federal law. But who cares about what the law says, right? The Democrats hate President Trump. Well, if you want to get a glimpse into how this impeachment in the Senate is going to go. I want to play, uh, forgot which clip number, it's, uh, it's the Ted Cruz clip. Let's listen to Ted Cruz talking about what the Senate trial will look like. Let's listen. You laid it out very well then. Once you get to that point, would you then vote for dismissal if that were? I, look, I think at the end of the, this process, these articles of impeachment are going to be thrown out. And I think it's going to end not with a dismissal, but with a verdict of not guilty. And, and, and the way it works in the Senate, when you come to vote on verdict, you vote on each article. Uh, and each senator will vote either guilty or not guilty. Uh, and the reason why this ends with, with an acquittal is, is very simple. The House hasn't met the constitutional threshold. The Constitution specifies for impeachment of a president that you have to demonstrate bribery, treason, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. They haven't done that. In fact, this is the first time in the history of our country any president has been impeached without even so much as an allegation of criminal conduct. They have not alleged, alleged in these articles. Well, there you have it. That's Senator Ted Cruz, and 
He said what I just said, and that is there's no crime here. There's no high crime and misdemeanor. And Senator Ted Cruz earlier in that clip outlines basically what this Senate process is going to look like. And pretty much what we have here is we have maybe a couple days of probably not even that, probably a day of hearings from both sides. You got the Democrats, they send their send their um, their spokesperson, if you will, or their manager. Then you have the president's legal team. You hear from both, then the Senate votes on each of the two articles. And so, you know, there's differing opinions here amongst conservatives as to what this what the Senate should do. Some say the Senate should just full out dismiss every uh, charge or dismiss dismiss the entire trial from the get-go from day one and i think that actually sounds pretty good to me uh others say well we need to uh at least go through the motions and allow both sides to speak their piece and then we'll vote talking about the senate then the senate will vote to acquit uh basically to render president trump innocent you know and, and i don't really see either one as being you know far superior above the other when it comes to options i do think and president trump has said this i do think that giving the democrats a a trial if you will where you hear their side and the charges are presented and blah 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 you know i do think that grants a certain amount of credibility and respect to their articles of impeachment that that are undue because if you think about it, this is a very illegitimate process. The entire process is based on no offense, just like the Russia hoax. And so to give them the time of day in the Senate, it is, in my opinion, is a waste of time. So I would lean more towards just flat out dismissing this, dismissing this hoax. But at the same time, it's probably going to work against the Democrats either way. It's not going to look good if we have the full out process where both sides get to present their case. It's not going to look good when the Democrats, I mean, when President Trump gets to send his attorneys over and they get to present their case and provide a rebuttal. It's not going to look good for the Democrats, which is why they wouldn't let the president send his attorneys over in the House. Nonetheless, we're looking to have this this farce, this waste of time, we're looking to have this wrapped up probably in the next few weeks. And this ties directly into what I've always said about Washington, D.C. And that is that this is a circus. The entire process in Washington, D.C. is a circus. There's actually rare instances where Congress, and and, and that's including the House and the Senate, where both chambers are actually doing the people's business. When they pass legislation, they're doing the people's business, even if the legislation I don't agree with. You know, and when they when they vote, when the Senate votes on executive branch nominees, that's doing the people's business. But when they have these hearings, and some of the hearings are actually worthwhile, the rest of them are not. Uh, actually, a small percentage of them are actually worthwhile. The rest of them are just for show. But 
all this stuff on impeachment and bringing in witnesses and let's have hearings on this and hearings on that. This is all pretty much a big waste of time. Nothing of material comes from this stuff. So it's just a big show. It's just a big circus. And it's all a waste of time. And what's most unfortunate is that there is there, there is actually stuff that should be getting done in Washington, D.C., but instead, Congress likes to put on a show. And that's what we've had for years in Washington, D.C. Not just the Democrats, might I remind you. The Republicans love just as much uh, to put on a show, which is why when they're in charge... The Republicans, they have these hearings that are a big waste of time, too. And I talk about it. And so there we go. We'll see the articles of impeachment sent over to the Senate within the next day or two. And then uh, within the coming weeks, the Senate will have a full-out trial that appears uh, based on the two weak articles of impeachment that the Democrats are going to send over. A couple other things I want to talk about. Uh, I want to transition to this. We're gonna go. We're gonna we're gonna fly over New York State, and then we're gonna fly back to Washington D.C. and tie the two in together. Um, this uh, New York State passed what they're calling bail reform, which is a reform on the bail system, uh, B A I L, the bail system, and 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 what uh, suspected criminals have to pay to get out of jail. Awaiting trial. And New York State basically made it to where only very, very violent criminals like suspected murderers, they're the only ones that can be held without bail. Everyone else, every other suspected criminal can get out on bail. And so what this is doing in New York, and I'm going to let a police commissioner explain better in a minute via a clip, but what this is doing is this is letting criminals, pretty much known criminals, not convicted, but known criminals, it's letting them out hours after they've committed a crime. I mean, we're not even holding, New York's not even holding them for a couple of days they are letting criminals out within hours of committing a crime. You could rob a bank, you could assault someone, and you're back on the street in two hours, sometimes sooner, depending on how fast they can process you. So I want to play clip one. This is a New York, a county uh, police commissioner for a county in New York State, let's listen to what he says of the effect of bail reform is having on New York State. Let's listen. I was a cop back in the 80s when the revolving door of the crack was going in and out, and it brings down your morale and policing. Now I'm seeing the same thing. Those we lock up, those are going to jail, are coming out the same day. All right, so give me an example. You talk about, for example, this, uh, these burglars uh, from Chile. We had two individuals. They came in on a 90-day visa from Chile. They committed havoc on the North Shore. They did about a dozen burglaries, well over a million dollars in assets. We locked them up. We put them in jail. The law went retroactive and released them out of jail. They were told to come and get their ankle bracelets. They did not report. 
They're probably sitting on a beach in Chile right now, enjoying a latte watching this show. Well, here, here we go. There you have it. That's the real-life consequences to these left-wing idiotic policies. Two individuals on a 90-day visa from Chile. What on earth they're doing here? Nobody knows. They commit a dozen burglaries, over a million dollars in assets, which is a felony. And they get out the next day. Listen to this. They get out the next day. They get out of jail the next day, or probably the same day, actually. And then they're supposed to report back to the to the court or to the jail within a matter of a few days to get an ankle GPS device put on their ankle. Well, guess what? They don't show up to get the GPS device put on their ankle. So we have no idea where they are. And the police, the jail, could not hold them. Uh, and the judge could not hold them on bail. And so this is what uh, the left-wing policies do to communities to cities, to towns, to, to counties, and to the state. It makes it unsafe for the citizens. The law-abiding residents get put in bad situations because the politicians... Are, are running this social justice movement program out of the state court, uh, uh, the state house, and it leaves law enforcement in a horrible situation, where you have police officers arresting the same guy every day for a week, and I'll tell you what happens. What happens is this, I'll tell you, I know firsthand by talking to people in law enforcement, this demoralizes law enforcement, and you know what they're going to do? They're going to stop arresting the people who get out. After the seventh time of the week arresting a criminal, they're just going to let them walk. A crime occurs, you know, they can't do anything about it, our hands are tied, you just got to wait till the court date, you got to wait till the court date. It's demoralizing to law enforcement. How am I going to tie this back into Washington, D.C. politics? I'll tell you exactly how. I'm going to play a clip of old Bernie Sanders, the senator from Vermont and also the presidential candidate, uh, Democrat. I'm going to play. He's technically an independent, but he caucuses with the Democrats. I'm going to play Bernie Sanders talking about how we just need an in-cash bell the end uh, in the cash bell system, which is what New York just did. This is Bernie Sanders a year ago talking about ending the cash bell system. Let's listen. Pre-trial detention should not be based on how much money a person has or what kind of mood the judge is on a given day or even what judge the case happens to come before. In a country where we pride ourselves on the principle of 
innocent until proven guilty. We should not be keeping hundreds of thousands of people locked up before they have actually been convicted of a crime. In 2016, the average length of stay in jail for the entire jail population was 25 days. The sad truth is that people who can't afford bail and who spend three or four weeks in jail awaiting trial are likely to lose their jobs and their income. They won't be able to pay their rent and may find themselves homeless. (laughs) Folks, this is so laughable. And you know what's the most shameful part of it? Is that people actually buy into Bernie Sanders' lies. And the rest of the Democrats who push these kind of policies. And I'll tell you what they what they won't tell you. Is that in reality, the number of people who are held. Number one, to be held without bail are are having a a bloated bail uh, cash number, you know, millions. You have to be like a murderer. Secondly, if you look at the statistics, the number of people who are being held, I mean, the people that are being held, the vast majority of them end up being, who are charged, end up being convicted of a crime. So it's not like our law enforcement and our judges all across the country and the prosecutors, it's not like they're holding millions of people in jail who are completely innocent. In order to currently in states that care about their citizens and have good laws in order to hold a suspected criminal there's you know you have like a two-day window where you can hold without question but to go beyond that window and i may be wrong on that window it probably varies per state but basically to hold them for a long period of time you have to come up with something to the judge. You know, you got to come up with charges, an indictment, a something. You can't just hold people without, you know, indefinitely unless they're, um, you know, a murderer or something. And you got pretty much all the evidence you need. And so those scenarios that Bernie Sanders is talking about how th- uh, thousands of people being held who are not convicted. Yeah, but the vast majority of them end up getting convicted. And so this puts uh, citizens in danger. So Bernie Sanders wants to take those policies to the White House and implement those from the top down through the Justice Department. That would be horrendous. Put our communities at risk. And so there you have it. That's Democrat left-wing policies in play doing untold damage to New York State, which is why... This leads me to another story. Many people are leaving states like New York and California. They're fleeing states like New York and California. And that is leading uh, to uh, the, the vast majority of Republican states where a Republican is the governor The vast majority of those states are outpacing other uh, more liberal states like New York and California when it comes to economic growth. When it comes to economic growth. Now, looking at a poll, this is uh, this is some research um, 
that thehill.com posted, among the 20 states with the lowest unemployment rates, 17 of the 20 had Republican governors. Prior to 2018, Republican governors setting policies that help uh, uh, state economies grow. North Dakota, Republican governor there, has a 2.5% unemployment rate. Which is in large part because of its Republican leadership. More on North Dakota, nearly a third of job openings in the state remain unfilled longer than three months, which means they're having trouble finding people to fill the jobs, which is a good problem. To a certain extent, it's a good problem. It means that there's plenty of job openings out there. It's good for the worker. Let me just say that. And so 17 of the top 20 uh, GDP growth states, or I'm sorry, 20, 17 of the 20 top uh, with the best or the lowest unemployment rate, 17 out of 20 of those are held by Republicans. So what Republicans are doing across the country at various state levels is a good thing. It's having a positive effect on state economies. One more clip I want to play is this is Matthew Whitaker, the former acting attorney general for the Department of Justice, talking about the FISA court and how they appointed basically a D.C. insider Democrat loyalist to head over the FISA, quote, reform process. Let's listen to what Matthew Whitaker has to say about that clip for. No, that's true. I mean, this this was a bad pick by the court, not because. Uh, for the obvious reasons, but what what it's going to cause is a lack of credibility of the court, not with the court, as lawyers are used to having. This is a question, the FISA court is now, anything they do and anything the reforms that the FBI implements is going to be suspect because of Mr. Chris being involved in, in the situation. Now, he's got a, a fairly impressive resume. He was the acting, the attorney general, the assistant attorney general in charge of the National Security Division, which is an important role at the Department of Justice. But at the same time, he's been so critical of the president of the, you know, he, he downplayed the IG report findings. He writes for a very liberal blog. I think he, the court has now opened itself up to criticism that wasn't necessary if they had put somebody else that had the same credentials but didn't have as much of a partisan uh, patina on. Well, there you have it. That's uh, Matthew Whitaker talking about how the FISA court, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act court, appointed pretty much a a Democrat loyalist, a Trump hater, a a, uh, skeptic of the corruption under Obama to head up the reform process. Which leads us to believe no reforms are going to happen. Someone who doubted the credibility of, of the corruption under Obama is now heading up the reform process for FISA. Imagine that. Exposing Washington American Family Radio. Check out our website, AFR.net, AFR.net, and we'll see you next week.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.